Hey, it's your girl Stephanie, and I don't know about where you are, but it is frigid cold. We are ending January of 2019, and in Michigan, they decided that it was going to be like crazy cold. Well, when I say they, Mother Nature. So, all I can sit there and think about is that in April, I am going to be spending six beautiful days in Mexico with my good friend, Heather, along with some amazing people, and I would love to have you guys join us for this amazing intuitive nutrition retreat where we are going to talk about really tapping in to your body and what it needs through meditative practices so that you can find what nutrients, self-care practices, exercises are ideal for you. Everyone is unique, so really finding what works best for you. On top of that, You get to stay in a beautiful private villa with a beach nearby, private pool, great food. We will teach you how we like to meal prep. Both Heather and I are big into meal prepping and we love to teach classes on it along with just being able to spend that amazing time with us and having access to an amazing spa where you can get facials, sugar scrubs, all of that um, beautiful things, massages, anything that your heart can possibly desire all for a very low, low, low price. So if you are interested in finding out more, check out the link in the show notes. It's an Eventbrite link. And if you see that and you say, Stephanie, I still want to find out more. I want to know what the itinerary is like. I'm really, really, really interested. Email me. My email address is in the link um, description below, and I will send you a lot more details along with a lot of other photos and a link to be able to book your spot. Book it quickly because we only have four spots left and they are booking fast. They are booking super, super fast. So I want to talk about today's episode. We are diving into intermittent fasting. I get a lot of the questions about this and I figured with the beginning of the new year, people are trying to change their eating habits and this is a question I get asked a lot. So we're going to cover different types of protocols when it comes to diet trends and stuff like that and you can figure out what works for you. Today, we're diving into intermittent fasting. It's not really a diet trend. It's more so timing of your meals, and I'll dive a little bit more deeper into it, the pros, the cons, so that you can figure out what is best for you. And if you still have questions about it and you're kind of on the fence on whether or not you want to try intermittent fasting or any of these other topics that we're going to kind of cover in the next couple of weeks, reach out to me. You could book a free 15-minute consultation by going over to fitnesswellnesslife.com. You guys know how to reach out to me. So enjoy today's episode on intermittent fasting. Welcome to the Love Your Life Podcast. My name is Stephanie. I'm a health and life coach fitness enthusiast, entrepreneur, and a triathlete's wife. I am here to share my tips to help you create harmony on all aspects of your life, health, career, spirituality, relationships, and personal development. Every week, you will be inspired to create a life you love and deserve. Welcome back to another episode. This is your girl, Stephanie, and I wanted to kind of dive deep into a question I get asked a lot, especially because we are wrapping up January, and I know January is a big time of the year where people make New Year's resolutions, goals, intentions, whatever it may be to carry them along the way for the rest of the year. And by the way, how are those going? Mine are going pretty good. I had the intention of really focusing a lot of my time on putting all the research that I have done in the last about nine plus months on hormonal health into a program. And I actually have that 
up and almost running on an online software program so I can go and beta launch this pretty soon. If you guys are interested in knowing a little bit more about the hormonal program, please, please, please reach out to me. You can easily reach out to me at stephanie at fitnesswellnesslife.com. I'll leave the information below. I will also leave um, a link below on how you can find out a little bit more information in regards to that because that is going to be happening pretty soon. I'm testing it out to some of the amazing ladies that were so willing to um, be interviewed and helped me actually curate this program. I took a lot of that tips on things that they were struggling with, um, along with some of the resources that they thought that they needed, and really providing a really great holistic program to help get you off of medications and prevent procedures like hysterectomies and find a really natural solution to your hormonal problems, whether it is going through perimenopause, PCOS, adrenal issue, whatever it may be, really focusing on helping you solve a lot of those issues that you might be dealing with. Because I know myself, particularly, have had a lot of issues when it came to my own hormones, which is the reason why I started doing research on it. And then during that time, I realized that a lot of other people are also dealing with the same issue. So if you are out there and you are wondering like what is going on with my body it is changing you know i'm now super tired i'm now getting cramps uh my cycles are longer anxiety is really high right before that time of the month um pms is really vicious or you know oh i'm going through these phases i'm in my um, 40s um am i going through perimenopause um am i going through menopause what's going on, whether it's, you know, having a hard time conceiving, all of these kind of questions that might arise. Uh, I provide a lot of resources that really help you balance out a lot of those issues so that you have natural ways of dealing with those problems and so that you can live optimally. I've definitely seen some dramatic changes of myself, less um, cramps, less mood swings, less breast tenderness and everything else. Sorry, guys, if you're out there listening to this, but I'm just keeping it real. Um, I've noticed a lot of changes, and that's the reason why I created this. Um, biggest change is, and I just went to see my statistician today, said my face is no longer breaking out like it was, and I had a lot of hormonal acne. This is coming from someone who eats a pretty healthy lifestyle and very active. It was quite a shock that I was dealing with the acne. So now that I realize what some of the root causes are, are for that and how to handle them, I now have control over that. So I can help you guys with that also if that is a problem that you are dealing with and you know that is hormonally related. But I want to kind of dive deep and maybe I might do a mini series on this. Don't quote me on this for sure. <clears throat> on different protocols or different um, types of diets out there. And I hate to use the word diet because it's it's really not a diet. It's more like a lifestyle change because diet is kind of like a temporary thing. And that's one reason why a lot of nutritionists um, don't like to throw those, and health coaches don't like to throw diet out there because diet is a temporary thing in the back of our minds. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this thing. I want to try it for a couple of days and then, you know, see what happens. And then I'll go back on my merry way. It's not really like a lifelong thing. And so when I have clients that come to me and they ask me all these questions about like, what do you think of this diet? And what do you think of that diet? My whole thing is, was how long are you plan on being on? Do you see yourself being on this for the rest of your life? Or, you know, or do you feel like, you know, I just want to get the results. And once I get those results, I'll go back to my old ways of eating because this is not sustainable. So that's the biggest question I always ask all the time is when we are, when I'm posed a question on, well, what do I think about this? What do I think about that? My number one question is, well, do you see yourself doing this for a long period of time? And the other question is, what is your ultimate goal that you're trying to achieve, right? Those are two things that you really need to know. So today I want to cover intermittent fasting. And I get this question, I've actually got this question quite a lot, especially um, with some of my clients that I work with at the gym, my personal training clients, they hear about this and it's been around for a while, but a lot of them are just kind of catching waves of what is intermittent fasting, or they kind of hear this term being thrown around, and the fact that they can get tons of crazy results by doing this. And then I break it down for them, just like I'm about to break it down for you too. So let's dive a little bit deeper into this topic of intermittent fasting. 
Like I said, intermittent fasting is heralded to be one of the most effective ways to lose weight and get your body in shape. Simply put, it is not a diet. It is an eating pattern. So back again, it's not a diet. It's not, you know, what you eat. It's actually how you eat your food, right? So where did this all come from? Believe it or not, this was derived from eating patterns of our ancestors, the hunter and gatherers. You might also know if you're paleo, you probably heard of this term before a little bit more, or if you are more in the bodybuilding community, you probably heard of intermittent fasting. <clears throat> the eating patterns of our ancestors relied on ever-changing and often very unreliable abundance of food, and as such, they often went long periods of time without eating. So when they did make a kill or they gathered something, they often ate it and shared their catch amongst the entire tribe in one go. Keep in mind that their lack of preservation of methods or spices back in the days, this meant that they would go and gather something, kill something, eat it, and then not eat for quite a while, thus kind of creating unintentional periods of fasting. The following days would have them, um, they would have to go track, hunt, search for unknown lengths of time in order to try to produce some form of a catch or gather something. Um, very high level of activity combined with low food intake, which kept them very lean and agile throughout their whole entire lives. If you've seen the movie recently came out, I think like last year, Alpha, you kind of have a good idea of what that is all about. They go out and hunt and they try to hunt for the whole winter. They come back and they gather their food. And a lot of those people, you know, they're very lean. Um, so these eating patterns are thus ingrained in our DNA. And it's part of us that knows that overeating is never and was never a sustainable way of natural things to do. Actually, overeating really came around more so in the Victorian days when they kind of looked at people being scrawny as being um, poor. So it was a luxury to overeat and indulge and gain a lot of weight. Um, actually seeing like your bone structure was looked as like, oh, you must be too poor to afford food. So then there was a huge shift over that. And also, of course, when modern agriculture made a huge change. So surprisingly, you might not realize this, but our bodies actually react positively to lengthy periods without substance, providing that there is no mental stress or tension involved during these times. Um, thus, the new phenomenon of intermittent fasting is actually based on centuries of evolution of mankind, a good argument for anyone trying to coin it as a new fad diet. There are numerous studies that show the benefits of diets based on intermittent fasting, yet as with any eating pattern, it does come with some shortfalls. So I'm going to kind of go and outline the advantages and disadvantages of intermittent fasting. So try to keep your mind really open and get ready to learn as much as possible. One of the key things I do want to kind of touch on that I spoke about is that when I talk about this pattern, and I mentioned that it um, it works at, to have long periods of times without having any kind of food provided, provided, this is the key thing, no mental stress or tension involved during those times. So think about it in your own personal lives. How much stress do you guys have? Because if you have a lot of stress, this is not necessarily ideal. So let's talk a little bit more about how intermittent fasting works. It generally involves various periods of fasting Interspaced by shorter windows of eating, during which calorie deficiency for the period of fasting time is accounted for. There are several cycles in which this has been proven to work and for those seeking to lose weight. By adjusting the pattern and frequency by which you consume your meals, you prolong the period of fasting generally reserved for nighttime and restrict your eating hours for a shorter period during the day. This creates a natural calorie deficiency. As a general rule it, um, to which to lose weight in any kind of program will agree, the best way to create weight loss is to restrict the amount of calories consumed in relation to the amount of activity partaken. Intermittent fasting is not any different. It is a restriction of calories um, that, that takes place between the fasting hours and helps the body to provide proper digestion to assimilate 
all that food that is consumed during non-fasting hours. So your body wants to be able to break it up, digest it, assimilate it, and turn it into some form of energy. The important part of this cycle is to ensure that your meals that you eat in between fasting periods are balanced and contain enough nutrients and minerals to sustain your body through the next period of fasting. There are numerous arguments both for and against these patterns of eating that are still being um, talked about in disagreement and in disconsent in the diet and the fitness world. So it's worth learning as much as you possibly can to see if this actually suits your lifestyle and weight loss goals before committing to a period of intermittent fasting. And at the end of this, I'll kind of tell you my little opinion when it comes to intermittent fasting along with my personal experience. So let's dive a little bit deeper into some of the upsides of intermittent fasting. As it wouldn't be fair to focus solely on the negatives, this kind of dieting has ultimately provided some participants with certain levels of success. So let's start by detailing some of the positive outcomes observed by the diet of intermittent fasting, or IF for short. Some aspects of intermittent fasting that the media has um, detected attention to is the fact that almost all people undertake a period of intermittent fasting have experienced some of the following. Lower incidence of cardiac complications, lower risk of developing diabetes, lower risk of inflammation and joint pain, loss of excess belly fat. So it sounds great, right? In addition to these positives, intermittent fasting can also help to regulate imbalanced hormones and cellular function. It can be observed when after not eating for a period of time, your body initiates improper cellular processes and changes hormone levels to make stored body fat more accessible. While fasting for a certain amount of time inevitably sends the body into a weight loss mode as existing fat cells and hormones are called into use um, to replace the detected amount of energy the body is receiving. This is in the form of calories. The sustained period of time with no calorie intake followed by significant intake sends the metabolism into overdrive and as such burns more during digestion than it would usually occur on a normal diet. So let me explain this a little bit to you. Another thing that I always get asked about is ketosis, and I'm doing another podcast episode solely on ketosis, Um, but this is pretty much allowing your body, or the ketogenic diet, I'll do another podcast episode on that, but this is solely allowing your body to actually get into that ketogenic state where it is starting to First, it's going to start burning off the carbohydrates that you had from the previous meal the night before, and then it's going to start going into burning off fat, and it's actually going to start burning off any excess body fat that you might have had, or those excess energy stores that you might have that would eventually turn into body fat, so it helps keep you nice and lean. Um, Again, This is, um, you have to do this with a little bit of caution, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second. Um, So let's go into, now that we talked about some of the advantages, and you're probably like, oh my gosh, this sounds amazing. You know, it sounds great. I have lower instances of cardiac um, complications, lower risk of developing diabetes. I have less body fat. I have less inflammation. It can also help regulate our imbalanced hormonal functions and cellular functions. This sounds great. So why do people and health coaches and nutritionists and dietitians kind of have a little bit of concerns when it comes to intermittent fasting? Let's talk about some of the downsides and disclaimers. While the overall benefits of intermittent fasting may seem largely positive, and it's even recommended by some medical professionals. There are, as with most weight loss programs, some downsides that you need to be aware of. One of the most appealing factors of intermittent fasting is that during the non-fasting hours, the meals you eat aren't necessarily specified as having to contain any particular amounts of calories. However, they do have to be balanced. <clears throat> this means that while Meal prepping, everything isn't necessarily required. And that's one of the things that people love about intermittent fasting is that they don't have to necessarily meal prep because they can actually eat their meals during a time that's convenient for them. You still need to be relatively smart about the foods 
and the portions that you consume during the non-fasting hours. This is key because with any weight loss program, if you are restricting calories, yes, you can lose weight. I've talked to a client over the weekend when I had a VIP day. I'm like, you can lose weight eating candy bars, really. Like, but it's not necessarily going to be good calories for you. Your body's going to feel like crap at the end of the day. So just because you built up a calorie deficit over the fasting period does not mean that you can eat anything you like to have for eight hours and there's absolutely no consequences. This is like something that my husband always jokes about. He's like, I, I run so much and I do all these things when I'm training for my Ironman. So that means that I could eat all of these calories. And I'm like, no. Well, let's think about it. Like, I, I mean, I used to be in that mentality. I'm like, oh, look, I burn a thousand calories doing all this crazy workout. That means that I could sit here and I could eat all this, you know, blueberry muffin and this other thing and all this, you know, heavy laden, sweet, sugary coffee drink. <clears throat> no, it doesn't. <laughs> it's still going to feel like crap at the end of the day. So this is where most people fall down during the process of intermittent fasting. So it helps to be aware that it's not only during the fasting hours that you need to be really aware of your body's hunger cues. You really have to be observant during those other times too. Another thing that it can cause is eating issues. Really, really pay close attention to this part. Intermittent fasting can also elevate the likelihood of developing or worsening an eating disorder. So if you are dealing with an eating disorder, like I have in my past dealing with anorexia and bulimia, you really should stay away from intermittent fasting. As much um, of IF involves or revolves around controlling and maintaining certain levels of food intake, there's a very fine line between obsessing over eating and not eating during your fasting and non-fasting days. And this can be very heightened enough to become very similar to an eating disorder thinking. It can also get very heightened in another eating disorder that you probably are aware of, bulimia and anorexia, but orthorexia being overly like healthy and health conscious and restricting a lot of nutrients that way too. So if you are concerned about your attitude to food, whether it is healthy or not, there are some really good online tests that you can take to determine this. And I will leave the link in the show notes. So if that is one of you guys, please go to the link in the show notes and actually take this little quiz. So let's talk about the various different types of protocols of intermittent fasting. And you probably are like, what? <clears throat> like, <clears throat> I want to just fast and then eat. There's actually some protocols to go with it. The first one I really want to talk about is the um, 16-8. And that's probably the most popular one. There's quite a few of them, um, such as there's quite a few of them, such as um, like a 20-hour fast with a four-hour um, eating window, there's other ones. Um, but most people actually stick to the 16-8. And I do recommend if you are a female, definitely, and you're listening to this, definitely doing the 16-8 is ideal um, because you don't want to mess up with your hormones too much, right? So again, um, this one has really become popular with the book, The 8-Hour Diet by David, I'm not even going to try to say his last name, Zinz. Caloco, I don't know, but I'll, I'll leave the information to show notes to it. So in this book, he suggests, and if you want to read it, um, in his book, he suggests that leaving longer periods between meals allows the body to properly process food and break down any excess fat cells. It's actually preferable to eating more numerous smaller meals throughout the day. So we're going away from the, you know, six small meals a day, which I've never really been a fan of, even when in my bodybuilding years, I really didn't like it. Like, Oh, it helps keep the metabolism going. I'm like, I can't eat all that food, really. It's it's not good. And it's proven not to be good. So I'm very big on three square meals a day with an occasional snack if need be because my um, blood sugar, I have hypoglycemia. So I definitely need to have that occasional snack here and there if need be. But usually I can go for three meals a day pretty well. Um, so anyways, um, he talks a little bit about this and um, how the body processes food and breaks down any excess fat cells is actually preferable to eating all the other small meals a day. So the good news with this, the good news is that 
for those of you sticking to a 16-8 diet, you actually sleep for the majority of that 16-hour fasting window. Oh my gosh, you should be gaining. I hate to use the word should, but idealistically, having six to eight hours of sleep is great for your body. So think about that. If you got eight hours of sleep, half of that window is completely gone. All right. And then you just got to go eight hours throughout the day, not eating. That might be hard. But the idea is that you follow the pattern of not eating during the early morning and then eating around 11 or 12 p.m. And some of you are like, you know what? That's cool because that is exactly what I do right now. I don't like breakfast. Um, a lot of you guys are like, I never understood the whole breakfast is um, is the best time of the day. So this is probably ideal for you. Anyways, um, going back to it, leaving two hours after your last meal before bedtime and following the same pattern the following day. Simply put, the 16-8 method pretty much involves you just skipping breakfast and then ensuring that your last meal is consumed at least two hours prior to you falling asleep. So it sounds pretty easy, right? And it is. That's the cool thing about it. The main challenge people face, again, during the period of the 6-8 dieting is during the window of fasting in the morning. So like I said, cool to do it at night. It's hard sometimes in the morning. For anyone who has become very accustomed to breakfast, like a king, um, that whole rule in the fitness media has shared with us for so many years, you might present yourself with this challenge. However, if those people who don't have that issue at all, then it's not a problem at all. You'll kind of be like, oh, okay, great. And all the other meals previous to that, if they're really nutrient dense enough to provide enough nutrition, it will actually help keep you satisfied for a longer period of time. And that morning fasting period should prove to be a lot easier. It takes time to figure out which kinds of foods will successfully see your energy levels through until the following afternoon. So don't give up if you find it very hard the first few days. And again, I will leave the link for the book below so that you could kind of take a look at that book, the um, book is The 8-Hour Diet, if you want to actually read it. And um, actually, you could probably find it on our um, one of my favorite places, um, Scribed. It's really great, um, $8.99 a month for unlimited books, because I like just downloaded like 14 freaking books the other day. I have some massive goals this year. Anyways, so back to um, this, this protocol, the 16-8. And you're probably wondering, well, what can I eat? The biggest question that people have is, what can I actually eat during this eight-hour window? Because I discussed, it's very big thing to know what you're consuming and not just eating just whatever, right? So another positive element about this diet is that the calories are not restricted during your eating hours. Both meals and snacks can be consumed, with the only guideline being that they are, consist of healthy, balanced, and portion control meals. There are no forbidden foods on this diet. But professionals would recommend, such as myself, to avoid overindulgence as much as possible. The urge to overeat or binge can arise after a period of fasting because you probably feel freaking famished and that's all you want to do. Um, but be aware of the dangers <clears throat> in order to allow that likelihood of them actually, like if you feel you actually go on a binge. It helps for you to break your fast initially into lighter snacks instead of a very heavy meal. And it can help with avoiding urges on binge later on. I usually say break your fast with some vegetables, some um, raw vegetables, and then start going to cook vegetables and then incorporating all your other foods. <clears throat> liquids. During the 16-hour fasting period, non-calorie liquids can be consumed. So this is like tea, black coffee, or water. Now, I'm going to say... Yeah, like the biggest thing is making sure that it has no sugar. That's the key for this thing. But I want to say that there's quite a few people who do like a ketogenic, well, this is pretty much getting your body into ketosis, but do like a ketogenic intermittent fasting. And they are cool with bulletproof coffee. So like I said, the debate is still out there. It has calories. Yes, the calories are coming from fat. It gets you into ketosis. So yeah, I mean, take it or leave it. If it works for you, it works for you. Um, if you are going through some hormonal stuff, X the coffee. Coffee's not good for your adrenals. Like just, just don't. X it out. Um, 
So it helps to take your time while you're eating, again, savoring every single bite and being very, very mindful of what it is that you are eating. Even take a few minute breaks in the middle of your meals to allow that digestion to really kind of go in um, and making sure that you're fully digesting and assimilating your food for overall gut and mental health, as long along with weight loss. So making sure that you're doing that is definitely, definitely ideal. All right. So I want to tie a little bit deeper into some of the contradictions of this type of um, 16-8-1. The fact that the author of this diet states that the types of foods don't matter too much seems very vastly contradictory pretty much to every other kind of healthy lifestyle diet plan out there that you've probably ever seen. And I'm sure that eating three meals of fried sugary and fatty foods during your eating window would lead to a whole heck of a lot of different results after a period of following this diet. Um, Some of the common um, dieting sense is advised during this time. As of all intermittent fasts, this diet is not suited for anyone unable to really regulate out their blood sugar um, as low levels during fasting hours can lead to a lot of complications. So I had a hard time doing this fast because I am hyperglycemic. I tried it for a few days. It was very difficult. My blood levels would um, really go down. So I had to be very, if I was to do it again, I had to be very mindful of that my last meal having a lot of protein to help sustain my blood sugar throughout the course of that fasting time. And I did like a 16-8 fast. Uh, So many studies in recent years have indicated the benefits of consuming breakfast within an hour of waking. And so it can be very hard to challenge that thought and the habit patterns that suit this new mindset. The trick is to just try it and see if it works without too much anxiety involved. Then you can hope for a more success with a 16-8. Repeated eating patterns become easier for the body and the mind to adjust as with any diet plan. So 16A can prove to be very challenging in the beginning. Um, Again, just try skipping breakfast here and there. See how your body feels. This is all trial and error. And I tell this to a lot of my clients. Trial and error, error, can you see yourself doing this for a long period of time? If you can't see yourself doing this for a long period of time, then exit out. All right, just exit out. All right, so the next protocol for intermittent fasting that I want to dive into is a 5-2 diet. This is another very popular kind of intermittent fasting, and this option involves fasting completely for entire two days a week and following your normal diet patterns the other days. During this fasting days, these dieters are recommended to only drink water and non-calorie-laden liquids. This refrains from Any other overexertion, because you really don't want to like overexert yourself when you have no food intake. Not not a wise thing to do. The other days of the week can be considered much like uh, eating window of the 16-8 diet is to ensure that all meals are taken during this period are healthy, balanced, and um, not used as an excuse to overeat for a period of non-eating. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to like just dive into a whole bunch of like pizza and chips and ice cream because I went two days without eating. This is also known as the eat, stop, eat diet. The theory here is that the days where the food is not ingested are seen as the means of letting the body properly absorb and rest from the digestion process. The negatives here include long periods of fasting being initially and extremely challenging for new dieters. Um, So if this is the case, the, the people who have Try this thing. I would say start to slowly, gradually wean yourself into this diet lifestyle to ensure maximum effort. Anyone with existing anxiety, sleep, or blood sugar issues should definitely, definitely avoid this diet. If you're pregnant, please don't do any of these diets, please, please. And if I would also say if you're dealing with a lot of hormonal issues, um, because anxiety can arise and blood sugar, avoid it, please. Um, The longer fasting periods can also make it more tempting to binge after a fast. And it's so um, worth just kind of having a little bit of time to ease into it so that you allow that willpower and control to kind of kick in. So is this diet something that you actually are considering trying? Hmm. Is it? Like, is this something that you could see yourself doing? Other diets... Another diet that you could do is the alternate day fasting. 
And this is exactly what it sounds like. It's fasting every other day as opposed to set days a week or set times throughout the week. Many doctors will advise against this method for anyone completely new to fasting techniques as full fasting every other. It can be very extreme for a lot of people's bodies that are not accustomed to this. There are many different versions of this kind of fast. However, some allow up to 500 calories a day on a fasting day and many, uh, and then you kind of, um, kind of increase it after that. So they do like 500 calories on a fasting day and they go up to like 1200 or more. So that's one way of doing it. Some people do absolutely no calorie intake and then they have calories the next time. Many health professionals maintain this method as inadvisable for long-term weight loss pursuits as the frequency of the fasting periods lean towards unhealthy eating habits and should be attempted without having tried a fast. And sorry, it should not be attempted if you never tried a fast. So please don't do that. If you um, want to learn a little bit more about that, I will leave a link below so that you can kind of take a look at how to do an alternate day fast. And then another one that's very popular, especially amongst the bodybuilding community, and this is one I first learned about, fasting is the warrior diet. The warrior diet consists of fasting completely during the day and eating one large meal at nighttime. Yes, when I first heard about this, I was like, no way. No, I can't do this. So the thinking behind this comes from a very similar origin of the 16-8 diet. The warrior diet reflects on the human body having been accustomed to long periods without food in times before ready meals, um, ready-made meals were available, grocery stores were available, where you just didn't have food accessible all the time. Um, so the guy that kind of popularized this diet, Ori um, Hoffmelker, I think is his name. I don't know. It's probably said it wrong. Um, should probably know because it sounds like it's German and I'm going to be going to Germany in a couple of weeks. Was the very first person to popularize this diet as he emphasized the importance of consuming light, low-calorie snacks during the day such as plain fruits, vegetables, and then eating one large balanced meal at nighttime. This permitted or recommended food groups for large balanced meals should include ingredients similar to those consumed on a paleo diet, unprocessed natural whole foods that would have been accessible for, by some of the earliest ancestors of the paleo period. The following, um, I'm going to kind of talk a little bit more. I want to actually link a podcast that he did where he answers the probing questions about the warrior diet and his journey with intermittent fasting. So I will actually leave a link. It's a YouTube link so that you can kind of take a look at this um, and find out a little bit more about this lifestyle. So how to go about starting an intermittent fast. If you have listened to this so far and you weighed the pros and cons and you listen to the different styles of intermittent fasting, and you're like, okay, Stephanie, I'm ready to go ahead with this. Let's do this. How do I do it? Let's talk about that. A large part of successful intermittent fasting is centered around creating the right mentality. As with any new diet or eating plan, you can't expect to see immediate results. Human beings are creatures of habit and shifting away from normal eating exercise regimen or lack thereof can take time to adjust. It is actually more of a mental thing than physical. It's so mental. And in recent studies on getting rid of the diet mentality, you, I really, really, really suggest that you really have like the mindset to do this and a good support system for sure. If you need some support and you need someone to help you and guide you through this, reach out to me. I am so happy to help you along with this. I have helped other people go along with this. Or if there's any kind of lifestyle change, diet rise or um, exercise rise, I'm here. I mean, that's, I'm a health coach. I'm here to help you along with that. But let's get back to this. But intermittent fasting needn't to be very hard. It's important, however, to understand that you can't just decide that you're going to fast and then you accidentally miss uh, or skip a meal for breakfast and another large meal. And then you're like, oh, cool, I'm fasting. This kind of false justification rarely works. They generally result in severe, very like severe angry thoughts and like hunger binges, low levels of energy. It just gets really, really bad. And then the spike in the blood sugars. The best way to go about starting an intermittent fast is to really plan this ahead of schedule. Start with your eating pattern on, say, like a Monday, for example, and spend the Sunday prior to getting yourself more educated on what is actually going to be going on with your body 
and getting yourself really ready for the day ahead. Um, knowing, like being aware of any potential outcomes, some potential reactions, both negative and positive. Like you really want to go fully into this. <clears throat> the other thing is consult medical advice. If you are anyway unsure whether or not intermittent fasting is something that could work for you, please, please, please go seek your doctor prior to going on this. The following conditions are signs that you probably should not try intermittent fasting. So please be aware of this. You are pregnant and or breastfeeding. You have had a history of an eating disorder um, or you currently have an eating disorder. You have diabetes or issues with blood sugar levels. You are prone to experiencing anxiety. You are prone to fainting. All right. So if you still decide to do this, I'm going to leave a link below um, so that you can find out who should and should not try fasting. All right. So please take a look at that. All the links are going to be in the show notes. <clears throat> so let's ditch this diet mentality. All right. Once and for all, let's just get rid of it. As for so many different types of, of diets out there, and I get asked this all the time, like, again, I'm going to go through the different, I maybe do a, a podcast on each of them. Um, a lot of them are focused around negative emotions and punishment for slip-ups or deprivations from a diet. So it's very important to establish a healthy mindset surrounding weight loss before you actually try intermittent fasting. Successful weight loss, and that means sustainable long-term weight loss that stays lost, generally centers around creating positive lifestyle changes that incorporate healthy eating and automatically lend themselves to weight loss. This involves not only diet, but also active levels, environmental factors, and most importantly, mentality. Intermittent fasting can be used as one of these key lifestyle changes, a simple eating pattern that you follow several days of the week or month that helps to regulate your metabolism and slowly return your body to the most natural and balanced state. But keep in mind how you view the process of intermittent fasting in your head. If you're expecting it to work as a quick fix, just know it's not sustainable at all. Biggest thing, trust your body. A huge element of success for weight loss in any program <clears throat> involves learning how to listen to your body correctly. This means feeding, moving, and being kind to your body when it needs you to be. A lot of health professionals overcomplicate weight loss by cornering it into a small element of a pie chart that relies entirely to achieve wholesomeness. Anyone who has experienced achieving weight loss and gaining it back will tell you that the satisfaction was very pleading. I ask my clients all the time, what is your number one goal? If they tell me that I want to look good in the bathing suit, I'm like, you got to get deeper than like, what is your why? Really deeply, <clears throat> what is your why? Because that satisfaction of like losing weight, the moment something gets hard and that struggle becomes real, you're going to want to give up. So only by listening to our bodies and providing them with nutrients, environment, and the movement necessary to cultivate a balanced lifestyle can we ever hope to achieve our ideal weight or health goals. If intermittent fasting helps you to reach this point, awesome, great, <clears throat> love it. View it as a tool that has helped you reach full awareness of your body. Don't get addicted. Do it constantly. Um, do a consistent like fast and don't expect to see the changes overnight. All right, please don't expect it to happen like immediately. If you still are thinking about doing this and you know that your mentality is not there, reach out to me. All right. That's what I'm here for. All right. You, uh, you can go over to fitnesswellnesslife.com, go to the top book and consult. I am here for you. We can jump on a phone call and we can really talk this thing out. <clears throat> All right. So I want to now talk about disease prevention <clears throat> and intermittent fasting. Studies have shown that intermittent fasting can affect the functions of your cells, genes, and hormones. It's an altered pattern of your eating and will ultimately release the hormones necessary for cell growth and repair. Intermittent fasting is particularly effective regarding the hormones that have to do with your hunger, blood sugar, and metabolism. Reducing insulin resistance is extremely effective in lowering blood sugar levels, 
thus lowering your risk of developing type 2 diabetes. Cancer research. It has been suggested that periodic fasting can trigger improved cell growth and immune system repair, assisting the body's recovery from treatments such as chemotherapy, as well as using stores of glucose for long periods of fasting, also break down significant portions of white blood cells. This then triggers stem cells based regeneration of new immune system. Fascinating article I'm going to leave below about how this is all kind of done. Let's talk about the benefits of intermittent fasting along with your brain health and your heart health. The human growth hormone, or HGH, is known to be one of the most highly effective hormones in the body during a period of fasting. After six hours of a fast, this hormone goes into overdrive and starts producing psychological results in the form of increased metabolism and fat burning. The proteins that produce the amino acids are used to improve brain and neural functioning. It also repairs collagen and helping the skin grow and repair. Um, insulin and HGH work as opposites in this function. Cardiovascular health, let's dive a little bit into that because um, you probably are like wondering what, you know, what other benefits could it possibly have as fasting helps to reduce the incidence of inflammation contributing to lower cholesterol, blood pressure, and overall weight. There are definitely benefits for those of you seeking to improve your heart health. However, doctors also advise caution with these patients as an electrolyte imbalance can occur, giving rise to a um, <coughs> um, fluttering heart. So making sure that you are very cautious and um, aware of that for sure, because you don't want that to happen at all. <clears throat> The doctor, um, so the bottom line is, it seems that the same thing goes for existing medical conditions. If you are trying to lose weight with intermittent fasting, it's best to consult with your doctor. You might be wondering, okay, is it different for this intermittent fasting for males versus females? Curiously, there have been some studies that show that intermittent fasting has a higher success rate in men than those in women. This is, has to do with the hormonal rates involved in metabolism of fat storage, and it takes into account centuries of women's activity levels being a little bit lower than those of men's. So if you're a very active female like I am, teaching multiple classes and working out all the time, you might have a different result. <clears throat> if you were considering the origin of intermittent fasting from the perspective of our ancestral habits, it definitely should be taken into consideration when analyzing the different results between both men and women. The idea is that because men were traditionally involved in more of the act of hunting and sourcing of the substances, women's bodies definitely developed a little bit different and had a high res resistance to fat storage and muscle stability for um, tending the crops, taking care of children, doing a lot of housework. So let's talk about the hormones. Males and females um, require and process hormones differently than one another. And you probably already know that. As we've already discussed the effects of intermittent fasting on hormones, it follows that different um, levels and types of hormones that were produced, different effects of the fasting. And I can leave a little bit of a link on how it actually affects men versus women. I'm going to leave a lot of links, so check out the show notes for sure. So again, consider yourself before actually committing. Overall, in the terms of dieting and losing weight, it's best to be honest with yourself about why you want to achieve what you set out to do when you're trying to do intermittent fasting. You find what motivates can actually simply come from figuring out your why. Like what is the reason behind this? The same thing goes for any kind of weight loss program that I've discussed before. It's very clear to have those goals, figuring out your motivation and have clear steps to achieve it. Accountability partners, someone there to coach you because if you don't have these things in place, you can fail. You have a higher success, higher rate of actually failing. There is still relatively little research done on long-term effects of intermittent fasting. It can be denied that enough people have experienced positive results from using this method we've discussed today <clears throat> for it to become really well discussed um, in the medical field. So being honest with yourself about these factors is very important. Honestly, no noticing any reactions or responses to your body might have if you attempt to do this fasting, like really take a journal, take note of your responses that you have and seek any medical advice if you are unsure 
about your experience. Take this next few minutes to really consider what your goals are and how you feel. Why do you want to try this thing in the first place? What attracted you to it? What do you want to do realistically? And think about what you're going to do and what things you're going to have in place to really set, set yourself up for success. If you are uncertain about any of these aspects whatsoever, really reconsider this. Really take time to reconsider if this is for you. Um, again, I want to talk about different types of dieting. <clears throat> Diets out there, there's tons of different protocols. I'm not going to cover every single one of them. But in the next couple episodes, I will discuss various different types of um, diets that are out there, diet trends. And you can determine which one's best for you. Honestly, I think a well-balanced um, diet is ideal. And um, if you want to learn a little bit more about that and how you can create something that is custom for you, that works for your busy lifestyle, definitely reach out to me. You know how to get there. Just simply go to my website, book a consult- consultation, and I will walk you through that whole process. And we could talk about how we can work together on really creating this sustainable life long process. Because if it's not consistent and you don't see yourself doing this in a long period of time, you're not going to get the results that you're wanting. I hope you enjoyed this little bit of like kind of like a little master class on intermittent fasting. I hope you found a lot of great tidbits. And then let me know, let me know like by going over to anchor.fm and um, check out my podcast. You can leave a message over there. I'd love to hear from you guys if you're actually considering doing this or if you have done intermittent fasting, I want to hear from you guys on your experiences with that. Um, Also, if you love this episode and you like all the previous episodes, do me a favor, like this episode, comment, share, let people know about this, leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, really help get spread the word about this podcast. I would so appreciate it as I'm, you know, coming with you with all this great information. I would really appreciate if you definitely left a um, review and let other people know about this amazing podcast and all the great stuff that you have learned in the last couple episodes and last couple of months. We have been together for, geez, almost, almost six months. Woohoo. Yeah. So I hope you guys enjoy and I will see you guys next week. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning into the Love Your Life podcast. All information and links for this podcast can be found in the show notes. If you like this episode and want to continue the conversation, you can email me at info at fitnesswellnesslife.com. And for more information to living a life you love, follow me on Instagram at fwl underscore Steph and on Facebook at Fitness Wellness Life. As always, you can schedule a free 30-minute call with me by going to www.fitnesswellnesslife.com. Thanks again, and don't forget to tune in next week for another inspiring episode.